This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Having, uh, after having won the prior two games in the series, afternoon game today. And for more on the Phils, the trade deadline, Trey Turner, and really everything related to the Phils, let's talk to the Phillies president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski. Dave, how you doing this morning? I'm doing fine. How about yourselves? We are fantastic. Great, Dave. So, um, Dave, a lot to get to, and we're going to do the trade deadline in, in, in big order here coming up soon. But let's start with the Trey Turner thing because, you know, you know the deal from last night. It was obviously very rough. How much do you and Rob Thompson, how much do you get involved in talking to Rob Thompson about what to do with Trey? Meaning, are there active discussions about whether it's time to start playing him less? How do you attack this? Well, not. I mean, I talk to Rob Thompson all the time. I mean, we talk about everything with the ball club, and of course, that involves Trey. And so, at this point, it's a focus of attention, just because he just hasn't had a really good season for us overall. Up night last night. Um, I mean, we talked about it last night. I know he's in the batting cages after the game, and so uh, really, the man, the, the lineup decision, I always leave to the manager. I think it's important that that's that their final decision. But he kicks it around, especially when it comes to the importance of someone like. Okay, the basic question becomes the guy like Trey Turner. He works hard. He's very caring. Um, we know he's a great player. Hasn't played that way so far. Um, how do we get him out of this? How do we get him going along the lines in which we know he can be? He's very tough on himself. He's never struggled like this. So those are more along the lines of conversations we have. And then basically leave the final decision up to Rob because he's right down there with him. And he's also talked to our coaches about those same things. Dave, what can you do? I mean, you've moved him, you know, and Rob moved him in the lineup. We know that. What else can you do? Is there someone in his past when he was hitting well that you can say, hey, can you talk to him? Obviously, Kevin Long's talking to him. I mean, what realistically can actively be be done that hasn't been done to try to trigger this thing in another way? Well, the the hitting coach we have, we have Kevin Long who's worked with him, and he's been a good hitting coach. But he's been hit well, so we do have a guy like that ourselves. Of course, you try to access any type of individual that you think can help. Um, all Anybody, really, is that you can. And I think really what it comes down to is that you can look at it different ways. I mean, but I do think first and foremost, having been part of this in, for many years and with really good players, it usually comes through very hard work and just trying to find something he has struggled with his swing on a consistent basis. He's chased more pitches this year. So it's getting a sound base in his lower half and trying to drive the ball. I know he works on it all the time. Then you deal with the, the mental aspect of it and dropping him down, I think, was a good step for him. And you just keep on trying to push the right buttons. Uh, he gave him a day off. Does he give him a couple more days off at some point? Uh, those are the type of things that uh, he'll have to decide upon as we go through this. Dave, uh do you factor in the adjust to the city concept when you acquire a player? And, and how has that idea changed from this experience of seeing a guy struggle with the disarray of adjusting to this town? Well, I think, first of all, I always try to do that when you originally sign a player. I think it's very important uh, to, to 
see um, who you think can handle certain cities and certain situations throughout my career. And this is when I was a youngster starting off. I remember people used to tell me, well, there's three unique cities in Major League Baseball um, for a player to handle it. And those three cities are uh, New York, Boston, and Philadelphia. Yep, not, every, <laughs> not, not, everyone, not every player can handle those situations. So I think you do your homework in that situation beforehand. And there are, there are players that, of course, have been in Boston before this. And I thought, nah, I'm, I'm not sure that that person can handle the booze that are going to come attached to it. I mean, there's a love that's mm. attached, but you also have to be able to take the booze. So you, you uh, there have been players that I've turned away from. I mm. think in uh, Trey's case, we, we did that. He's played in big cities. He's moved around. He's a great player. Uh, he's very intelligent. Um, he's a hard worker. And so we tackled all those things. I, I did not think he would struggle like this. Um, you know, you started, you saw him in the WBC. He was the best player on the field at that time yeah. period and came over. And so it's just one of those that no matter who you are and how much work you do, when guys get into a, a slump at times, it's just hard to get them out because it not only becomes, I mean, believe me, there's the one thing I can, can say is that if it bothers anybody more than anyone right now, it's Trey Turner. He's a very conscientious individual, very hard worker. Um, and I've talked to him enough myself to know he's got a great family, great family support. But it bothers him more than anybody else. And all he does is just he keeps working. And then you just have to hopefully find that key that gets him going. And so far, uh, on the consistent basis, we just haven't been able to find it. But, yeah, that is something you examine. But I also think it's one that I have confidence that's not the case with Trey. It's just more of uh, a struggle and then the, the mental approach to getting out of it. Phillies president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski, with us here today. Dave, let's let's talk about the trade deadline and now you know the makeup of your club with what you acquired. Let's start with Michael Lorenzen. Um, pitches today, game obviously coming up now, just in a couple of hours. Afternoon baseball. What should Phillies fans expect from Lorenzen in this rotation? Well, Lorenzen's a good pitcher. He's been a good pitcher at the big league level. He has started and relieved. He start, he relieved more in recent years, but he started uh, here this past season and. Um, last year too, but he, he's in a situation where he, he pitches consistently well. Um, he throws strikes. Uh, he's got above average stuff. His fastball will touch 95, maybe even 96. He's got a good changeup. He's got a multiple pitches. Uh, I don't think he'll he'll cower at all. So I would look at him as somebody then go out there and pitch a consistent like the rest of our starters. Maybe not ace stuff like a Zach Wheeler type of guy, but very solid stuff that can go out there and give you a consistent outing and give you a chance to win a ball game. And I think he'll do that. And at times throw up uh, zeros like a Ranger Suarez or a Tyon Walker would do for us. So that's what we're looking for. Now that first start, I'll be sitting anxiously in front of the television myself here watching <laughs> it because that first start, you just never know if the guy's flowing in, he's been traveling. Um, but I think he'll settle in and I think he'll give us that opportunity. Also be in a position that, I think it's important at this time of year. Um, our starters have been going on a consistent basis. Our starting pitching, that is. Uh, they pitched a lot of innings last year. Giving them that extra day over the next couple of weeks when we play every single day um, through our next homestand is important. I think he gives us a real good chance to win those games. And eventually, if we get to the point where um, we need to give our starters a more consistent five days, he is a, an alternative that can go into the bullpen, and if you get to the postseason, he's somebody that could start or relieve and give you bulk innings. So, very valuable guy. He's a good pitcher, and I think to us, was one of the few guys that could handle this type of situation that was available out there. 
Dave, is it fair to say it's an open competition between him, Taiwan, and Ranger for who would start in the postseason if you make it? I mean, do you view these next two months like, let me see who steps up the most to fill out my four-man rotation? Well, we really even hadn't gotten to those conversations because I figure that's way preliminary. The main thing is to get there, and as we get closer, we would have those conversations. There's a variety of things that come into play like that because you're in a spot where – how do you match up with a particular club? How do they hit a left-hander versus a right-hander? Um, who gives you a better chance to pitch bulk out of the bullpen? Uh, whose time, if, if you go right to the very end, which I hope doesn't happen to clinch a wild, which a wild card spot, I hope you could, we could clinch one before that. But if they did, who's pitched that particular outing um, to get you there? Last year it worked out great for us because we could set up our big one too. So all those things come into play. And, and I would see this, but I, I don't even want to le- eliminate Christopher Sanchez the way he's pitching right now. He's pitched outstanding for us. And I know everybody, including ourselves, you're not a- anticipating the type of performance he's had, but he's been one of the best pitchers uh, in Major League Baseball over the last month. So um, there's a lot that goes into it, but for us it's a little preliminary to talk, to talk about that. Dave, how often will we see Castro, and what should we expect from him? Well, I think Castro's acquired as a utility guy that we like. Uh, his ability. He's got a lot of natural ability. Uh, the Pirates were deep in middle infielders, um, so they that's the reason that they were able to talk about him. He's a much mm-hmm. better um, right-handed hitter at this point of his career than left-handed hitter, but he can play different spots. His best position second. He can play third. He can go to short, but that's really not his spot. So I look at him more as an upgrade from what we had from a utility perspective, but just didn't work real well with Josh for us this time through variety of reasons didn't really get much playing time and then when he did he didn't really uh, put up any numbers there for us great individual on the club but I, I think it's more he'll play a role you see last night he went in there he played third base uh, I was kind of pulling for him to come to hit in that last inning because I'd like to see him hit versus the left-handed pitcher because he does have pop in his bat and he can drive the ball to the ballpark particularly from the right uh, hand side Dave, were you disappointed to not acquire a corner outfielder? Sounds like you tried. Sounds like the price was steep. The market wasn't great. Was it a disappointment to not get one? No, I wouldn't call it a disappointment. Um, I, I would think it was one of those that we weighed heavily on conversations ourselves. Um, if the right person came in, we were prepared to do it. But there are a couple factors behind it. Some of the guys that were available, you know, our big five, and I can't keep calling them our big five, and then we've got the other three youngsters, which I don't know why we just put them that way, but with Stott, <laughs> Marsh, and Bohm, I mean, they yeah. really have done a fine job for us. And the big five are very talented all-star type players when you start talking about Turner and Riomoto and Schwarber and Harper and Castellanos. Um, so we keep looking that the big five was going to carry us no matter what. We do have a little swing and miss in that group, so we didn't want to go out and, let's say, get a um, – a left because left fielder would be the only spot that could realistically somebody play. We didn't want to go get another swing and miss type of guy that might hit the ball out of the ballpark. We thought we would be better off at that point staying internally for ourselves with the defense that we have and Pache coming back. We're in a position where we can platoon versus lefty and righties when Pache and he's he's not far away and you get uh, Marsh out there and, and Cave and and so he's more of a a, a piece of the ball club. But it really came down to us that, okay, how much do we like Rojas? How much do we think he adds to the club? And there's some gamble that's attached. But we felt that 
the way he plays defense, the, the speed that he has, the contributions he can make from the nine hole, um, we're willing to take that gamble with the way our ball club because we can we really do figure that whatever happens from an offensive perspective, that big five is going to be the key for us, and we have a lot of belief in them. Um, but they're also ones that you know, need to dial it up down the stretch, and we believe mm-hmm. that they'll do so. Could you update us on Reese Hoskins' health situation and how much he factored into your decision-making prior to the trade deadline? Well, um, sure. I mean, Reese, really, he's doing very well. He's coming along He's with the club. He's exercising. He's doing that. Um, it really didn't factor into the decision-making process because, for me, I think it really comes down to that if Reese comes back, it's probably, and I know people keep hoping and perhaps it will, but in my spot, I think you really have to say if he comes back, it's, it's late October, and I hope we have the situation where we can put him in that spot. But mm-hmm. I, I think as far as the rest of the season, uh, it did not come into play. But again, he is doing very well from, uh, from the, the rehab perspective. So late October, long shot? Is that the right term? I think so. I think so. Now, I don't mean to just be discouraging, and, and Reese would probably say, oh, it's better than that. And he, there's not anybody that works any harder. Compare it to what happened uh, a few years ago, and, and it would be now it's 2016 when the Cubs made the World Series, and Kyle Schwarber was in a very similar situation coming back from the same injury, and he got it early in the season and ended up coming back for the World Series. So mm-hmm. um, who knows? It could be a little bit earlier, um, but but I'd say still – it would be more of a long shot, but I hope we have the opportunity to see what happens. Dave, Aaron Nola obviously hasn't been on the you know, same standard this year as he had been in a couple of past years. He, he had a down year, I, I believe it was 2020, sort of back to that zone again. Do you believe he'll turn it around this year and, and that the pitching every six games can be a significant factor to help him regain some life on his arm and, and have a little bit more pop in there and, and be a better pitcher in the final two months and hopefully October? I think so. Um, I mean, he's still thrown some gems for us, but it's been more inconsistent, and he's given up more home runs than, than he ever has. But it's one the stuff is still there. You see him pitch some great outings. He has been a pitcher that has pitched better uh, throughout his career with the extra days rest. Now, for us, we just run into this one streak here where we played 17 days in a row. Uh, overall, that goes through the next homestand. We've already played uh, six of them at this point. So it's there will be a natural break in our schedule, too, once we get done. We'll have some off days mixed in on every Thursday, and we'll have to decide what we want to do. We want to go still with six starters at that point, or we want to um, be in a position we actually use every seventh day due to that. But I do think the extra day will help Aaron during down the stretch. He's pitched a lot of innings, and uh, he has traditionally pitched a little better with the extra day. Bryce's power, obviously, and I've used the phrase, uh, Dave, it's almost like you know, Superman lost his power. Um, I know there's, there's evidence that this has happened before with, with hitters coming back from Tommy John. It, 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 is what we've seen in the two – look, he's been great getting on base. He's almost 400 on base percentage. But do you think it's unlikely the power comes back in the next couple months? No, I don't. I don't think that way. Um, and it, it tell you, for me, I, of course, have a little bit of advantage others because – you know, I, of course, I asked myself that same question. How's it affected him? But all you have to do is go it on, on the field. And he doesn't hit on the field too often. He usually takes his batting practice in the uh, cages. Um, but when you go out on the field, and I was there with Cleveland watching him the second day there, and when you watch where he was launching the ball from the pull perspective, the ball was going in 
places that other people still don't hit the ball. So it's there. It's just not coming out in the games quite yet. So my belief is that at some point we're going to see it, and when when we see it, uh, it will take off. But it's just a matter of from a timing perspective. Of course, game's a lot different than batting practice, but it's still in there. So it's not like it's disappeared. It's just a matter that we haven't seen the game. He's hitting a lot more balls on the ground than he is uh, up in the air at this point. So I think when he gets to that point of getting the ball up in the air from the pull side perspective, we'll start to see that power come back. Dave and Dave Dombrowski here. Dave, let's let's wrap on this. I'm curious your almost your your mindset with with this race going on right now. I mean, it's been it looks like five teams for three spots, although it could be seven teams for three spots. San Diego climbs back in. The Cubs are hovering. Are you maybe you do this April first? I don't know. Well, let's find out. Are you now checking? On a nightly basis, 8.30, 9 p.m., 9.30, 10 p.m., 10.30. <laughs> All right, let me, let, me, let me see the Padres score. Let me see the Marlins score if we're not playing them. Let me, you know, are you now in that zone where you're checking almost hour by hour as these games are coming down the stretch day by day now? For sure. <laughs> but I do do it all the time, really. Because what I, always, I like, really my job is to be aware, part of my job is to be aware of what's taking place in Major League Baseball and how clubs are performing and how players are performing. So all year long, I mean, when I watch a game up here and on the road, I always have my computer with me and I'm looking at box scores and how, how people are doing. But I have to admit I'm a little more focused and where I really struggle or um, I really want those clubs to continue when you talk about Milwaukee and Cincinnati and San Francisco and the Cubs and San Diego, Arizona, I want them to lose every night. Where I really struggle is when they play one another, somebody has to win. So right. it, really, yeah. it, it really keeps coming down to that we need to win. So that's what really the most important part of it. But I for sure follow how all those clubs are doing. Dave, we appreciate you carving out a couple minutes and joining us today. Good luck, obviously, in the you know final two months of the season. I'm sure we'll be talking to you at some point. Uh, we hope three months of the season. Time will tell, but it's uh, it's going to be a fight down the stretch. And uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much, Dave. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. You Dave. got it. Philly's president of baseball operations, Dave Dombrowski. By the way, this broadcast right now uh, brought to us by this segment brought to us by MHS Lift. If you're looking.